Hey fam, before we get to the show, I want to tell you about another podcast I insist you check out. It's called Suave. It's hosted by our very own dear darling Maggie Freeling. So you guys, did you know that the U.S. is the only country in the world that still allows teens to be sentenced to life without parole? The subject of this podcast, Suave, was incarcerated in Pennsylvania, the state with the most juvenile lifers in the U.S. Suave is one of thousands of juvenile lifers who decades later got a second chance at freedom. Suave the Podcast is a story 30 years in the making about Suave's friendship with journalist Maria Hinojosa and how the justice system fails young people. Without giving too much away, after Suave is released from prison on lifetime parole, we learn how easy it is to get sent back, even by an accusation which may or may not actually be true. So you guys, find and subscribe to Suave now wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're going to love it, I promise. Girl, there are a lot of gays in this one. There's a lot of gays in this one. Well, we're talking about Britney. <laughs> the gays really love Britney, girl. I don't know what else to say about it. As do I. <laughs> Team Britney, free Britney. Let's get right into it. Hi, Jillian Pensavalli. Hey, Patrick Hines. Banana. Banana. Uh, you guys, if you want more Jillian and me, join us on the Patreon. Look, there's over 160 full bonus ad-free episodes to download a binge right the second. You get them all the second you sign up. Mm-hmm. And you guys, also about the Patreon, just so you know, you can get part two of this right now in ad-free on the Patreon at the $5 level. We did not know that we were going to make a two-parter out of this, but we ended up doing it, girl. I was just going to say, if you're surprised, imagine how we feel. We did not know this was going to happen. <laughs> and listen, you want to hear our take on the stunning conclusion. I'm going to say it again. This documentary is only an hour and 14 minutes long. We made two one-hour episodes about this documentary. That's how invested we are. Yeah, and Barbara Streisand takes up like 35 minutes of all that time. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, we're finishing up Night Stalker, the Richard Ramirez thing, girl. Yeah, and so we also have done The Vow, Don't F with Cats, Tiger King, Making a Murderer, The Jinx, The Staircase, and you get ad-free versions of these episodes too, by the way. Yes, also I'll Be Gone in the Dark, Lacey Peterson, Jody Aries, the Menendez Brothers murders? Lorena. Yeah. So much stuff. So much stuff. Tell them what we're doing next, by the way. Oh, my God. Uh, I think I would call you Patoti. Yeah. Uh, we're doing Heaven's Gate. <laughs> we still got to get our nickna- our names down, but we're doing Heaven's Gate. You know their website's still up? We're going to get into it. It's too much. Not the time. Not the time. Not the episode. Not the episode. <laughs> All right, girl, what are we talking about today? We're talking about framing Britney Spears and- Yes. (laughs) I, don't you have so much to say? I really do. I mean, my big first page of notes, you know I color code my notes and I always say like, it's a rainbow gay pride flag of emotion. It really applies this time. This is super gay, girl. There are so many gays in this. Yeah, I was really upset. This made me cry a lot. I was really emotional. I made Mike watch it and he was fired up too. And it was just really like, I just have so much to say. We all, every last one of us, we all owe her an apology, all of us. Even if we weren't, even if we weren't super garbage, I don't know, like a member of the paparazzi, which we'll get to in a moment. But if we ever were like, (laughs) what a mess. You guys, we're, we're sorry, Brittany. I am sorry. I'm sorry. Brittany was so serious and so focused. This is a girl that's coming from strength. She was so open and vulnerable. How we treated her was disgusting. Brittany had to navigate being told who she could be and what she could do. People became fascinated with her sort of unraveling. She accepted that the conservatorship was going to happen, but she didn't want her father to be conservative. That was her one request. And anytime there's that amount of money to be made, you have to question the motives of everyone close to that person. Do they always have her best interest at heart? Something is going on behind the scenes here. I didn't understand what a conservatorship is, especially for somebody capable of so much that I know firsthand she's capable of. Why is she still in this? Why is her dad making all of her decisions? What do we want? Free Britney! All right, you guys, as promised, it opens with a gay. We get so many people, like, sharing their TikTok videos. I got to tell you, like, the Free Britney thing, you were the one that really opened my eyes to it. I did not know this was a thing that was happening until, like, just a few weeks ago. But, like, Mm -hmm. all these gays on TikTok are really concerned about their Britney. This is Free Britney 102, where we explore issues related to the Free Britney movement. 
The Free Britney movement is advocating for the end of Britney Spears' conservatorship. I need everyone who is scrolling right now to stop and watch this video. Britney Spears needs our help. I have thrown in Free Britney in episodes that hit the cutting room floor because I think you didn't know what the hell I was talking about. I did not know. I remember cutting that stuff. I'm like, what is she talking? I really don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, so this has been a thing. So it's all about the conservatorship of Britney Spears. That's what we're here for. So there's a lot of stuff that this documentary glosses over over because we're really here about the conservatorship. Yes, I gotta say, like, it did take me a minute to sort of get into it because we're seeing people literally marching in the streets with their free Britney signs, and I was a little bit like, is this kind of in bad taste? Like, we've been marching in the streets for a lot of things this year, and the free Britney march feels a little different. Right, and then they hit you with a Merriam-Webster definition. We get an on-screen text, (laughs) and it's like, conservator, noun. The first definition is, that one preserves from injury or violation, protector. Two, a person, official, or institution designated to take over and protect the interests of an incompetent. Words matter all the time. They especially matter in this definition because this does not apply to Britney Spears today. Yeah, I mean, we hear people talking about it like even before the credits. Since 2008, she has been under something called a legal conservatorship by her father. Now, a conservatorship literally gives someone else the control of your life. They decide what you can and can't do, and it's usually used for elderly people who don't have the necessary brain function. But a functioning woman that's been working nonstop, it just, it doesn't make any sense. This is almost never applied to a pop star making $88 million a year touring the world and cutting albums. They're not doing year-long residencies in Vegas. They don't know what day it is. And I'm not laughing, my grandmother had dementia. I'm not laughing about that. I'm talking about like, it's not for Britney Spears. She's a commodity and a human being also. Sorry, Britney. (laughs) But you know, she's like out there doing her thing. This is not for Britney. But the thing is, people have been so drawn to to Britney for so long and so we meet so many of her fans in the beginning talking yeah. about what Britney has done for them and why they're marching in the streets for her and why it's so important to them. Growing up I struggled with anxiety and depression and Britney Spears is the one who made it okay to struggle with those things. She gave me permission to be myself growing up as a gay boy in suburban Virginia and Britney gave me the power to be who I am. So Britney was younger than me. So I never looked at her as somebody who helped me get through something. Right. So it was interesting for me to see these people who are like, she helped me with my anxiety and depression. Like this kid coming out and like thriving as a gay person. This one girl who's like, she helped me accept the fact that I wanted to shave my head. Yeah, she's like, I didn't want to be touched either, girl. I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to me, Britney didn't help me in that way either. I just really always loved dancing to her music and just like, she was always like, oh, we're having a party? Put Britney on the playlist like Britney was the first like for the party playlist and you know for fun and Britney was never not cool to me you know how like Britney was like not cool for a while I always loved Britney says who no 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 not on this podcast (laughs) Britney was always cool We were even talking about before we recorded those for banana. The the way Baby One More Time starts, it is a perfect, and I'm saying a perfect pop song. It is. The video is too sexual. I think the video is too sexual. But other than that. Well, everything about Britney at that age was way too sexual. Like, we'll get into it. But the song. It's perfect. Totally. Just back to the conservatorship real quick. So Britney has been in a conservatorship for the last 12 years. And the question is, is this good for her? Is this in her best interest? Is this what she yeah. wants? The conservator of Britney and her estate is Jamie Spears, her father. He's a piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. I'm going to say something right now, though. Like, I do think, and we'll get there, I do think the conservatorship was necessary when it happened. Mm-hmm. Like, we are going to watch this poor young woman's life fall completely apart and like see the people around her who took advantage of her. But then like the people who swooped in like her, we're going to like, I've got a lot to say about the dad when we get there. Well, I think she needed help. I don't think she needed her rights taken away. She needed help. So I don't think a conservatorship was really the way to do that. She needed she needed someone to listen to her. I don't know. I mean, we find out that there were already people who were like stealing her money and taking advantage of her and drugging her food. Like, well, that's not okay. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We are going to learn how hard it is once a conservatorship is applied to get rid of a conservatorship. And we talk about this all the time. It's so easy to throw somebody in prison, but it is impossible to get an innocent person out. So the legal system, once again, 
have a lot yeah. of issues with her. So and for all these 12 years, Jamie Spears, now, even though Britney has said, I don't want this, I don't want this. She's had her lawyers uh, petition on her behalf. Jamie Spears, her father, has refused to step down. Yeah, and I think it's so unprecedented. Like, mm-hmm. there just aren't that many people that are this famous and this rich that this could happen to. Right. Well, let's go back in time. Let's see how Britney got to where she was because we're with Felicia Collada. <laughs> Felicia was, like, present in this moment. So if you don't yeah. remember, like, what that teen scene was like, Felicia, when I saw Felicia, I was like, oh, my God, oh, of course. Like, she was everywhere. Wait, you remembered Felicia? Like, you knew who she was? I didn't re- but it was like, oh, there was always, like, in the photos, like, there was that woman always with her. And I, oh ju- I learned God. about Felicia now. I was like, who, like, who was that woman? Let's find out together. <laughs> yeah, so we're at this woman Felicia's house. She's in Macomb, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. She's got this teeny little house. It's totally adorable. You go on the inside of this woman's house and the walls are covered with Britney Spears shit. It's like a Britney museum. I want to give you a tour of my tiny little home. 50,000 in Austria. This is 5 million at this point. These are more. (laughs) This is the first one I got, y'all. This was when Baby One More Time was a multi-platinum album. There are all these platinum records and they have Felicia's name on them. Like that's how close they were. So we learned Felicia was her assistant slash chaperone. I don't know that I ever really had any definition on what I was supposed to do with Britney. For a long time, they called me her chaperone. And then at one point they wanted to call me her partner and we didn't think that sounded right. I definitely was not her mother and I wasn't her big sister. So we settled on assistant. It's funny because she's like, at first they called me her chaperone. Then they wanted to call me her partner. We didn't think that sounded right. (laughs) Right. She'd known Britney since Britney was five years old. She grew up with this family. So they landed on assistant. So she's like, I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, I didn't then, nor do I now, understand what a conservatorship is. And I'm like, join the club, Felicia. Except that she knows that Britney absolutely doesn't need it. Like, she doesn't know how to define it. She just knows that it should not fucking apply to Britney Spears. Exactly. So. Felicia says, I will say the one reason that I agreed to do the interview is so we could remind people of why they fell in love with her in the first place. To remind people why the whole world was in love with her. Yeah, and we never get clarity on this. I want to know if Felicia and Brittany are still in touch. I don't think they are. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's the conservatorship, but uh, there's a sadness to Felicia. Like, it yes. feels to me like she's talking to Brittany through the documentary. And why didn't Brittany buy her a bigger house? That house is really little. Yeah, it's cozy. It's a Brittany museum. It's one of those little <laughs> museums where you're like, oh, let's go in this cool house. And it's just like packed to the brim. It's the kind of thing, too, like, if you didn't know that Felicia had that relationship with her, you'd walk into that house and be like, you are a psycho stalker. Like, yes. who is this, like, middle-aged woman with, like, Britney Spears shit plastered all over the walls? Oh, the woman that was by her side as she rose from, like, nobody to, like, the biggest pop star on the planet. And then you see, like, a 10 zillion platinum Baby One More Time record, like, addressed to Felicia. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I will see myself out. I'm being rude. Just- So Felicia tells us that she was a small town girl from Kentwood, Louisiana, just a tiny, sleepy little town. Very hospitable and humble and pretentious. We are who we are. We're not wealthy, but we're wealthy in many other ways. We are definitely in right in the middle of the Bible Belt. Definitely right in the middle of the Bible Belt. I went, no thanks. Nope. I don't need to go there. No. (laughs) And then we get like a lot of footage that is now just, I mean, everyone has seen this a hundred zillion times. It's 1992, Star Search. And from the very beginning, and we do this to little kids, little girls especially. I don't know why we do this, but we make them do a voice when they sing to make them sound like an adult. And she sounds, I love Britney, I'm on her side. Yeah. It sounds yeah. ridiculous. And that's it not does. her fault. It's because her mom was like, <laughs> love can build a bridge. And I'm like, let her sound like a little girl. What's the harm I in know. her sa- Like, she looks like a kid. She acts like a little kid. Yeah. Why do we have to make her like, Argh. it's so weird. <laughs> when we stand together, it's our finest hour. We can do anything, oh, anything. Keep believing. very 
Star Search. Like, every single kid that was on Star Search sounded like a 45-year-old. Uh-huh. Can I just say this? Because the first time I watched this, I was not sober. So I wasn't paying super close attention. When I watched this part today, I actually put my head down on the desk and cried. I, I literally took a moment. I almost called you and said, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Ed McMahon, if you remember, was like the host of Star Search. And, you know, Britney does her thing. She's standing next to an 11-year-old Marty Thomas. If you guys don't know who Marty Thomas is, he's a Broadway guy. He's very cool. And he like, he's an amazing singer. And he ends up beating Britney on Star Search. Does, like that's yep. Marty Thomas takes Britney down. That was like the big thing. Like Britney lost on Star yeah. Search. Can you imagine? Yeah. To Marty Thomas. Hey, girl. <laughs> but Ed McMahon is like talking to them, to Britney and Marty standing next to her. And he says to Britney, I noticed last week you had the most adorable, pretty eyes. Do you have a boyfriend? No, sir. Why not? They're mean. Boyfriends? You mean all boys are mean? I'm not mean. How about me? Well, it depends. She's fucking 10 years old. And then 98 million year old Ed McMahon says, well, I'm not mean. What about me? And her little face... Her little face. The thing that took me off the planet is the look of confusion on her. She does not understand what he's saying, and I burst into tears. Like, that moment was the beginning of the end for her. And I literally stood up and walked around the office, and I said I said out loud to myself, she never had a fighting chance. And, you know, everyone in the audience is laughing, and I'm thinking to myself, if I'm her parents, how am I not running backstage, throwing her over my shoulder, and running out of that fucking place and never looking back? Because they taught her to be polite you could see it in her face so she's confused her little face and she's like uh uh because he's like how about me and she's like uh well it depends like she has been taught to be nice and to be polite and someone says this later nobody knew how to prepare her for any of this and what they're talking about is journalists from overseas asking her about her virginity when she's 16 but it starts on fucking star search because she's like it depends and everyone laughs it's so cute why do we do this why do we do this to little girls i don't understand because marty didn't get a question about a girlfriend no no way and that would have been awkward if he had but well (laughs) for different reasons (laughs) we meet Haley hill and Haley hill is the former teen people fashion director and britney's former stylist from the iconic (laughs) years of 97 to 2001 just google image like britney fashion 97 to 2001 those were some years Haley thank you for your service but Haley is with us throughout to sprinkle in some some truth bombs and she's like of all things that she could be asked about because what else could we possibly talk to a woman or a girl about there's so much more to her that everybody's missing could you possibly talk to a girl about right like what else just like epic man like scamming on this 10 year old girl i know it is fucking disgusting so next we meet this woman, Nancy Carson. We don't know if she ever signed Britney, but we are told she was an agent who like was the first agent to like really meet with Britney. And she says that her parents reached out to her by letter. And I do understand this. Her parents are like, we have this really talented, really ambitious, like 10 year old. Like, what do we do? <laughs> you know what I have in my notes? I was like, oh, I don't know, like love her and support her and protect her from leeches maybe. <laughs> is, that, totally. is that an option? But that's what I'm saying. I understand the answer of like teaching her to be polite, but I'm saying right. you never put her in that position again what oh god because what do you do like do you squash her dreams and force her to live on a farm even though she's this fucking talent like we need to treat girls better we need yeah. to treat girls better totally <sighs> so nancy says her parents were working people her mom was just so sweet so proud of her daughter and her dad too was very proud proud of britney and um he was more concerned with the financial aspects of it. How was he going to be able to make this happen? Could he make it happen? But I know he wanted to make it happen for her. They were both really proud parents, but her father, Jamie, the man in charge of her conservatorship, was always more concerned with the financial aspect of it. So at first, it started out basically saying, is it worth it financially? It's a lot to bring her to New York City all the time for auditions and classes and training. Will this be a big, like, major payoff for us? That's what he was thinking. Yeah, and the thing is, they work it out so that, like, Lynn, the mom, and Britney stay in New York and the dad goes back to where Louisiana, I guess, and like takes care of the rest of the family. So Britney did really well. She was in an off-Broadway show called Ruthless where she was the understudy to future star of the musical Legally Blonde, Laura Bell Bundy. Oh, wow. I know. She was like the understudy in this off-Broadway play. She went to like middle school with our friend Daisy Egan. They went to the Performing Arts High School together in New York City. I know. I just found that out yesterday. Daisy was like, I've been trying to get in touch with her since 2007. (laughs) 
So, look, we all love Off-Broadway, but we're moving on. We're going to the Mickey Mouse Club because this was her big break. We've got a girl that enters a strange dimension of sight and sound as she crosses over into the teenage zone. You know who else was in the Mickey Mouse Club? Everybody! Justin Timberlake, J.C. Chazé, Christina Aguilera, Carrie Russell, Ryan Gosling. It was just yeah. all of these kids who then exploded into superstardom. Isn't that crazy that they were all, all like so successful afterwards? Yeah, and then the Mickey Mouse Club was like all the rage and then it wasn't. And it just got canceled and no one gave a shit about it. And she went home and there's footage of her and she was like... After the Mickey Mouse Club, I went home for like two years and I was completely normal. I went to... um high school and I did um I played basketball I was just you know really involved with my school she was on the basketball team and there's like the agent is saying like it was too expensive for the family to fly back and forth to New York and I was like how much money did she make on the Mickey Mouse Club she must have made some money doing that right but Jamie probably took it her garbage father totally. <laughs> and so we're at 1997 Britney's 15 and Felicia remember Felicia with the Britney Museum but it's actually she's earned every yes. morsel of memorabilia in that place she's earned totally Felicia was a nanny in New York and she had just quit her job and wait hang on a second I need the backstory on that how did Felicia go from Louisiana to nannying in New York City Felicia is a complicated character where is that documentary I was just gonna say where's that doc because I'd watch the shit out of it I have this idea of Felicia down at like the gay piano bars in the village just like Uh, drinking her whiskey sours and singing gypsy until three in the morning she's doing Rose's turn she's doing the whole thing (laughs) on on a loop one more time let's do it again drinks all around She's selling one of those zillion platinum records. Whatever. She's got got like a whole garage full of them. So Felicia's a nanny in New York. She just quits her job. And wouldn't you know it, the timing just works out perfectly. Lynn Spears, Britney's mom, is in New York with Britney, takes Felicia out to dinner. And she's like, and Lance said, Felicia, I had an ulterior motive for inviting you to dinner. And I said, what? She said, Britney got a record deal today. And I can't travel with her because Jamie Lynn's in the first grade. But... can you travel with her? And I said, oh my gosh, Lynn, well, I quit my job yesterday. I guess I can. Will you please travel with my 15-year-old daughter while she does all of this? Because Jamie Lynn Spears, Brittany's younger daughter, who is named after both of her parents, is like a first grader and Lynn needs to go be a mom to Jamie Lynn Spears. I really don't know what you do here. Like, how do you like toss your daughter off into the fucking notoriously predatory music business right. and be like, I'm going to get her a record deal and then I'm going to like leave her in the hands of this stranger essentially no she's known Britney since she was five they're family maybe it's because Britney is the cautionary tale I would never in a million fucking years allow this never ever 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 and again I know you're just trying to do the best thing for your kid especially the mom like what do you do with this kid who has like big dreams and the talent to back it up like you want them to be able to go do their thing but like I don't know I don't know I I just the whole thing makes me very nervous yeah So we're with Kim and she's the senior director of marketing for Jive Records. Jive Records, if you remember, I can't, I can't, I almost can't believe how much knowledge I have about this, like the pop music scene of this time. Yeah, yeah. But Jive Records, like everyone was on it. NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. We did uh, the, what's that, that horrible guy? Oh, the boy band con? The boy band con. Yeah, like that was like all about Jive Records, basically. Kim from Jive Records looks like she's seen some shit in her life. She (laughs) is over it. She is so over it because this is, she has some choice words for us here. (laughs) She came into my office uh, with her chaperone, so Felicia was really sitting in for the parents. I remember Brittany came in and I was really impressed with the fact that she was so serious and so focused. Kim was like, I liked Britney. She was focused. She was serious, but she was still like, she was like that friend you kind of idolize where she's like doing it. She's out there doing it, but really she can be kind of silly and like a kid, (laughs) which is great. And so we- I'm just going to sit here and say, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh. You you just take, Jesus, take the wheel. GP, take the wheel. Great. So (laughs) while Britney is impressing everyone in New York City, Jamie, her father, wasn't really around. So her mother, Lynn, was doing all of the heavy lifting and working all these jobs. Just- a little side note. Hey, you know, we'll get to that later. They tell us that, like, the dad... What's his name? What's this fucking guy's name? Jamie. I will save this for an after party. I had an encounter with him one night at a bar. Asshole. It was as bad as you would imagine. Like, sure. it was really... He was hammered and he, like, pushed me. It was really bad. Oh, God. Yeah, it was... I mean, when I tell you what bar it was and why it was there, it's a whole story. It'll be on an after party. All right, we'll talk later. Yeah, but we find out that this fucking dirtbag, he was working in construction, he tried being a cook, and then he tried to open a gym business that didn't work out. 
about a chip business. And Kim from Jive Records, she only talks about the mother because she's like, yeah, you know, Jamie, like I never saw him. He wasn't around. I never talked to her father. The only thing Jamie ever said to me was, my daughter's going to be so rich, she's going to buy me a boat. And Kim looks directly at us and goes, that's all I'm going to say about Jamie. Kim, you realize that only makes us want to hear more, right? I know. You and I, like, look up for the bartender. We order our second drink. We're like, no, Kim, we'll wait, girl. Yeah, come on. Another round, please. That's all I'm going to say about Jamie. But also, it's perfect because, like, doesn't that say it all? Doesn't that say all of it? I Exactly. Exactly. I feel like Kim has eight documentaries in her. Like, because she's the one who tells us that she also worked with all the boy bands. Like, Kim's seen it all. Kim really has seen it all. And Haley, the stylist who also works with all the boy bands. Totally. Come on. Totally. Let's get it together. So you guys, oh my God, Britney gets her start on the mall tour circuit. It's 1998. What else are you going to do? Of course. I just said she is really standing on the shoulders of Tiffany and Debbie Gibson at this point. Yeah. I mean, they walked so she could run. No question. <laughs> no question. I don't know if you guys know who Tiffany and Debbie Gibson is. If you don't, you need to go look them the fuck up. If I was a little too old for Britney, I was a little too young for Tiffany, but still I loved her. Yeah, I was way too young for Here's what I don't really subscribe to like I was too young for that. I missed the boat on that, which I've probably said on this podcast 1500 times. But it's like when someone when it's like a Tiffany or a Debbie Gibson, you yeah. make it your business to learn <laughs> about these women. Look, I will put on I think we're alone now right now and dance around the studio. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we're alone now. It doesn't seem to be anyone around. Tiffany and Debbie Gibson, I didn't know anything about them, but you'll learn. You make it your business and you educate yourself. That's what you do. Look, if we've taught you nothing else in this podcast, you learn about the 13th Amendment, Marsha P. Johnson, and Tiffany and Debbie Gibson. Go do your homework. You give that shit a goog. What are you doing oh, sitting here yeah. not listening to Debbie Gibson? <laughs> What is your life? Give it a go. I've had it. Chrissy Teigen just subscribed to a Tiffany playlist on Spotify. Yes. Boop. So she's doing the mall tours and like we're learning that's what you did. But the mall tour performances get bigger and bigger and bigger. She's performing Baby One More Time on like a little like rinky dink stage that is about to break and snap and fall over. Little do you know, it's like, wait, that's Britney Spears. But that's what happens. You work hard. I know. I got to tell you, it reminded me of like when I went to see Kelly Clarkson play at the House of Blues in Boston. It's a 400 seat venue. Guess who opened for her? Britney Spears. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, Stephanie. Gaga, Stephanie opened for Kelly Clarkson. I remember leaving being like, who was that? She is good. Yeah, she's pretty. Good luck to her, really. The best of luck. It's a hard business, you know? She's good. But you never know. It's a one in a million. I just, I wish her the best. It's a hard thing, you know? You work hard. You never know. I hope she has a backup plan, that Lady Gaga. A dental hygienist. It's a hard, you know, that's a safe that you get. have insurance, you have a weekly, you know where your money's coming from, you know how much it is. Could you imagine, like, in another universe, Stephanie Germanata is your dental hygienist? Like, like yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Because in another universe, you and I are both bankers. Right. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, like, who are we in this moment? Totally. If, wow, that he's kind of loud for a banker. If, if Stephanie Germanata, dental hygienist, is like, oh, we're going to put the little thing in to slurp all the, like, in your, like, oh, the thing that makes yeah, your no, mouth really dry. I can't talk about this. I, I can't talk it. about it. But, like, hey, Steph. So, you guys, now, after the mall tour bit, we actually see the Baby One More Time video. And I just put my dad hat on, and I said, this is too sexual, everyone. This oh, is great. too sexual. She's 16. So yeah, yeah, it's very it's way too sexual and we get a lot of people talking about this dichotomy of like a 15-year-old being a 15-year-old and then this adult woman and how and I'm sitting here wondering like how should how should that even be a thing? Can she just be 15? Right. Do we have to yeah. make her the sexy adult woman? This guy from the New York Times, Wesley Morris is saying like if you're 12 or 13 years old, you're seeing a person who reminds you in some ways of you. And it isn't the sex part that seems cool. It's the control and command over herself and her space that seems cool. People were really reacting to her strength in the video and how she commanded the room. I was like, no, girl, it's a hard disagree on that, Wesley Morris. I don't think that's what people were responding to. I think they were responding to the pigtails and the short, short Catholic school girl miniskirt. Miniskirt. Show me the school where that's the uniform. Show me the school. 
school. Right. The infantilization of women is to throw it on the stack of things I do not understand about heterosexual men. Yeah, they want us to be infantilized, but they also want to sexualize at the same time, and that's fucking gross. Like, that's also, like, illegal. Right. That's disgusting. I'm Don't just- do that. <laughs> We have to be young, but we have to be sexy, and we can't be too this. And you, you want us to be a size zero, but also be cool and eat the burgers and the beer what? and the like. How about you fuck right off, and what? I do what I want. How about that? Oh, I'm just. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. Hey, Steve, we got a mug. How about you fuck right off, and I do what I want? How about that? Have you has, have you ever once considered just- that, you stupid man? Has that ever entered your brain? Shocking. So, you know, we just see, like, really quickly, Britney basically becomes the most famous person in the world. It's weird to me, and it's weird to her. You even surprised at how fast this has happened to you. Oh, my goodness, yeah. It's like all of a sudden, you know, oh, it seems like overnight, just boom, you're just you're famous. It's weird. Yeah, y'all, I woke up this morning, I'm really famous. It's really, it's really weird. But that's what happened. Like, I remember, like, it was just like, who's this Britney Spears person? It was overnight for real. Yes, And we have, sure. you know, you know Dave Holmes, right? I love Dave Holmes. Lady Dave Holmes, like the queen gay VJ from MTV. I love Dave Holmes. I looked, because I, you know, I wanted to be an MTV VJ when I was younger. We've talked about Dave Holmes before. He's been in other episodes. I don't know where, but he's been in other episodes. Yeah, but I love Dave Holmes. And he is talking about how, like... Britney played MTV 1999 perfectly. She was in the studio for TRL a lot. She produced excellent videos. She seemed very approachable to the audience, so they could really connect with her in a way that has never really been severed. Britney played 1999 MTV perfectly. (laughs) Like, he wants to do the chef's kiss. There's footage of her, like, teaching Dave Holmes the choreo, which I, of course, was trying to learn. Oops, I did it again, choreo. Like, I I was here for all of it. It breaks my heart that you and I didn't actually know each other in middle school. Like, I feel like that would have been great for both of us. I still know. Oops, I did it again. She's doing it, you guys. I'm doing it. And, And the thing about Britney, if you remember in that time, like, MTV had a really cool era in the late 90s, early 2000s where they were doing a lot of docs, like a lot of docu-series, a lot of like making the video and they had a show called Diary. They had a show called Biorhythm and I ate that shit up because it was the musicians and these artists and these bands telling their stories and Britney did all of it. Like we saw her making her videos and being goofy backstage and then, you know, being sexy and we saw all of it. And so Dave Holmes says like everyone really connected with her because of that and that's never been severed. We saw her grow up and we saw her be goofy and weird and then be able to strut out there and do her thing and it was like wow oh my god and that's why the stock starts with 10 minutes of people saying here's how britney saved me and helped me that's why oh my god you are this is a real education i love this i love when we hit on a documentary that like you know about in your soul that's like my favorite day well well, i'm so glad we're here girl So this is where the documentary starts to take a turn. We, we learn that, like, Britney happened right in the middle of, like, the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal. And, like, it was when America was just waking sort of up to the open sexualization of women. Or, like, when women were maybe starting to, like, claim some sexual power in pop culture. And, like, America, of course, was super fucking garbage about it. So th- th- now we're in, like, the super fucking garbage section. Yeah, and remember, it cannot be overstated how famous Britney Spears is. And it cannot be right. overstated that she's a teenager. She's 17 right, right now. So yeah. this guy, this, like german reporter there's this footage of her and he's like everyone's talking about it why well your breasts (laughs) you seem to get furious when a talk show host comes up with this (laughs) subject there it is that face from star search again and she's like what again the crowd laughs and britney's told don't fuck it up you know you gotta be nice to everybody britney is awkwardly laughing she's being as polite as possible and this asshole goes well you seem to get furious when someone brings them up to you i know the amount of things wrong with this britney was not getting furious stop assigning women emotions and feelings stop it especially when it's bullshit she wasn't furious she wasn't furious and guess what if she was she had every right to be stop assigning us fucking feelings and nobody preps her for this like this is the other thing where it's like you know they threw her into the deep end to see how much money they could make off of her her family did it the business did it you know her record label did it her agents did it and nobody protected her because they didn't really care you know what i mean and like how britney was not prepared for a question like that speaking of standing on people's shoulders you see like scarlett johansson or taylor swift you see them getting asked questions like this and they basically punch the fucking 
guy. Yeah. They let them know how inappropriate it is. They let them know how pissed off they are. And, you know, it, it's sort of like Brittany was the sacrificial lamb for all of this, you know? Yeah. And we have footage of her at a rehearsal and she's like, turn the music up because they're not listening to her. So the yeah. footage we have is of Brittany like being a bitch in quotes where she's like, turn it up. I've like, no one's listening to her. And someone just goes, you're such a diva, Brittany. And she stands up and she goes, I'm not a diva. I know what I like and I know what I want. I'm not a diva. I know what I like and I know what I want. But she has to say it in a way that's like not too threatening. Yep. Um, are we ready to talk about Justin and Brittany? Are we there? Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love that the matching denim outfits at the VMAs doesn't even make an appearance here. I think that was Haley, our stylist, because she styled all of them. What would she say, 1997 to 2001? Like, yeah, girl, that was Haley. What were they thinking? Did you think that was like the height of fashion when you saw that? No, no, no. I also never, I was never into like that kind of fashion. Totally. As it were, I was never into Justin. I was always a JC girl, you know. So they, but the whole point is like the Britney Justin relationship is the closest thing we had to royalty, apparently. And that's what they say. It's like I do remember it being the biggest fucking story ever. And they're saying that like we hadn't had a famous couple in a while, so we were like, you know, Americans like really wanted it. They were America's sweethearts, and then they break up. Like the relationship happens really quickly, and then they break up. And you know, Dave Holmes says Justin sort of made it seem rightly or wrongly, like she had cheated on him. It really seemed like he took control of the narrative. But what they really did was they just leaned into the accepted misogyny and sexism of the time to basically just slut shame Britney Spears and make that the story. Like Justin got more famous for like slut shaming Britney and Britney couldn't say anything about it. Right. You're absolutely right. That's exactly it. And the thing is, like, Brittany, the minute that she's in a relationship, these reporters thought it was okay to just ask her publicly about her virginity. Am I a virgin? <laughs> I would make yes, I am a virgin, and I definitely want to try and have sex till I'm married. I just want to wait for that special someone. So, thank you. Justin was yes, not being asked yes. a question like that. So the, someone says Britney was the school slut and Justin was the quarterback. And it's like this whole thing. Britney is getting vilified. She's a slut. Oh, she lied about her virginity. It's none of your fucking business, by the way. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care what outfit she wore in her video. I don't give a shit. It's yeah. none of your business. And then not only did he just make all this money off of her, he made her and her sexuality and her virginity a joke. Because yeah. it's all of these like headlines on the cover of magazines. Oh, like Justin's like makes such like pain pansy music some bullshit but at least he got into into britney's pants or he's on hot 97 the star and buck wild show it's such garbage justin timberlake is in the house and i just want to ask you one question did you britney spears <laughs> yes or no oh man come on man okay i did it no yeah! okay i did it some stupid yeah. accent and it's like and they all cheer and it's yeah. like i can't i cannot believe how normal it was and britney couldn't say anything even if she laughs politely some journalist is telling her how furious she is right she can't yeah. react at all and the thing about it too is that this was accepted at the time it was accepted for diane sawyer should we talk about diane sawyer now let's get that's a perfect let's go right into diane sawyer <laughs> Because Diane Sawyer is like a good journalist. And Diane Sawyer gets the, the Britney interview. And of course, she's going to ask all the hard fucking questions, right? It's no holds barred, it says. Right, right. And it's Diane Sawyer, you know? Like, this should be a safe space. And Diane thinks she's asking these hard-hitting questions. And she's saying, you know... He has gone on television and pretty much said, you broke his heart. You did something that caused him so much pain, so much suffering. What did you do? So what did you do? Yeah, this no holds barred get to know Britney Spears interview is basically Diane Sawyer making her cry about Justin Timberlake and asking her what she did wrong because Justin Timberlake had a Britney lookalike, a second rate Britney in his video. So let's right. all believe him. Who the fuck is Justin Timberlake right. that we, we just automatically <laughs> believe everything he says? Like what? Like, why? Oh, because he's the man? Great. And then the second part of this interview is that oh. Diane Sawyer is saying that like, you know, Britney's really upset the mothers of America, including including the wife of the governor of Maryland. This monster, Kendall Ehrlich, E-H-R-L-I-C-H, find this bitch on Twitter. Like, we have the quote. She actually says, Really? If I had an opportunity to... To shoot Britney Spears, I think I would. So Diane Sawyer plays this for Britney. Britney is horrified, probably scared. Like, in Terrified. this day and age, like, that's a directive, you know? And we're seeing Britney react in real time. It's like she hands her a tablet or whatever computer yeah. they had back in this day right. and age. I don't know. 
it's the 1800s this is happening right (laughs) and she says like that's really sad that she said that and as she like her emotions are really coming like coming to the surface but before she gets emotional which she absolutely has every right to do yeah she says i'm not here to you know babysit her Kids. I'm not here to babysit her kids. And I'm like, fuck yes, Brittany. No, you're not. Diane Sawyer is like an apologist for this Kendall Ehrlich woman because she says, well, Brittany, I mean, it's because of the example you set for the kids and how hard it is to be a parent. Diane Sawyer is defending this statement about shooting, shooting Britney Spears, shooting her. After she made her cry and said, what did you do to poor little Justin Timberlake? Yeah. It's like the one-two punch. And then Diane knows exactly what she's doing. And she yeah. tries to put on her like warm, like meaningful full caring face and she goes I've had a pretty tough year huh <laughs> and that makes Brittany lose yeah. it she's not hysterical but she starts crying and she's mortified by this because she's been told since before star search you'd be nice you yep. don't be rude you don't show emotions and no one prepped her for this and she starts crying and she's like um oh my goodness hello ew strong Brittany um yeah it was a weird She's saying ew about herself and her showing any kind of, quote, weakness or emotions. And she goes, can we stop this? And if you're not crying watching it, then you can fuck right off, too. I mean, (laughs) this is horrible. And everyone watched and we all and everyone bought the tabloids and everyone was like, oh, Britney cried. Like, how dare you? So now, you guys, pull over, pull over. Pull over. We're we're going into the world of the tabloids and how yeah. they treated Britney. Yeah, and we meet this guy, Britton Stone. He uh. was the photography director of Us Weekly from 2001 to 2011, which was basically the height of that fucking magazine. You know how he should have introduced himself? Hi, I'm Britton Stone, and I'm a major part of the problem. Totally. <laughs> so Britton Stone, basically, he's the guy who's putting all of these like horrifying and often out of context photos of Britney all over the tabloids and, and Us Weekly, which I keep wanting to call US Weekly for some reason. I don't know I why don't, I wanted to do that. so weird. <laughs> I don't know. But he's saying- When I had a really healthy budget, it'd be $140,000 a week on imagery. Extrapolate that over the year, you know, seven, $8 million. But, you know, spending millions of dollars on pictures that just, you know, quintupled the amount of money that was out there, um, which meant there were a lot more photographers coming in and doing it. $140,000 per week. That's how much he was allowed to, to pay paparazzi for these images of Britney Spears. This is why Jillian says he's part of the problem. Th- these magazines that are paying the paparazzi are the ones that create the market for these paparazzis to torture and torment these celebrities and like try to get the shot, basically. Right. And we learned sometimes fo- a single photo of Britney would go for a million dollars. Bananas. Bananas. And this is why we see footage of the paparazzi like swarming her. And it is so scary. And there are moments of her. I mean, there's pictures of, of the pictures of this yeah, yeah. all over the internet. She can't get to her car. She can't walk. She can't see. She can't hear. Like, how are these photos any good, honestly? Like, what are you even getting? What I thought was kind of interesting about this is that, like, and you saw this with all of the women who went through this at the same time. Britney Spears, Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, all of those women that were, like, being chased around by paparazzi in the beginning they like it it's fun they all wanted to be famous and now they are and then the thing that they like you just can't put that i'm gonna oh i'm gonna make a terrible pun you can't put that genie back in the bottle you know yeah you can't unring that bell or right. whatever you want to say yeah because you see her like driving up to like the fast britney spears eats a lot of fast food in this by the way she's like always eating mcdonald's yeah <laughs> but you see her like driving up to the drive-thru and she's like giving them the shot and waving and like thumbs up and party at my house and this it just quickly goes off the rails because she meets Kevin Federline fine we all have our varying taste in men she really likes Kevin Federline she was acting out I'm telling you she was feeling like she was under a microscope and she was like all right let's do this but you know what I gotta say like in the end it it kind of feels like Kevin Federline shows up and is like kind of a good parent but we'll get to that later but like she meets Kevin Federline they get married they're having a baby and the the first part of this that made me insane was that we see Kevin and Brittany on Ellen announcing 
announcing that they're pregnant, Kevin fucking Federline is slouching. Like, he's slouching down on the couch. Like, he's about to put his fucking feet up on that coffee table. And now, the baby, that's very exciting. Now, you have to be really excited about that. The last that was the whole vibe, you know? That was the whole, like, oh, such a, the anti-Justin Timberlake, you know? Like, uh-huh. that was that was that whole persona that, that either he sort of started and they were like, yeah, 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 do that, do that. Slouch, <laughs> slouch on Ellen, you know? Yeah, and, like, I will, I'll give it to Britney. Kevin Federline was super hot. But, like, I, I was just screaming, like, you're on Ellen, sit up. I know Ellen is garbage now. I know she's, she's been canceled. But back then, she wasn't. Or, like, she was garbage and waiting. We didn't know. Or you're, like, here to make this big life announcement. Can you not slouch you know what i'm saying like can you just give a shit can you just like want her parents to like you you know what i mean like it's that whole fuck that you know how i feel about that girl i know (laughs) so but but the thing is like so us weekly the whole narrative is now okay so she's a slut who cheated on justin right now she's pregnant Ooh, she has kids oh now she's a bad mom now she's hammered all the time because they would do this thing where like they would put the photo of her mid blink on the cover of us weekly so she looked out of it or hammered they're not getting the beautiful natural light photos that doesn't sell magazines or it doesn't sell magazines anymore like that's the whole cycle of this is that like it starts out and then now they need to keep feeding the monster you know and like Britney does make questionable choices and it's like you know I think it's fair to say Britney wasn't a perfect angel all the time she's a human being but like you know like that famous picture of her with her son on her lap when she's like driving away and it just looks like she's being an idiot but when she sits down with garbage garbage Matt Lauer why do we still let him be in documentaries i don't know i don't know With, without any little like lower third matt lauer is now garbage like <laughs> just a little because there are people who are watching this who are like well you know what matt lauer does that for himself in this in this interview so i don't right. know why I'm, yeah. I'm wanting more he's asking her about that photo and her answer is i went to starbucks and i see a bunch of photographers and i'm scared and i want to get out of the situation and my baby's crying they're coming up on the you know the sides of the car which is a scary situation for me you know and they're banging on the windows and that's not something I want my baby to you know so I get my baby out of the car and I go home I was at Starbucks getting a coffee, which, by the way, can you imagine being the gay that works at the Starbucks and Britney Spears shows up and orders <laughs> a coffee? I know. Yeah. I, I can't. Like, I sometimes I feel like a Starbucks job in Los Angeles would be the best job in the fucking world, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Britney is telling the story that, like, she was going to the car and the paparazzi was, like, surrounding her. She was scared. She says they were banging on the windows yeah. and she just jumped in the car with her son on her lap and drove away, you know? Like, is that something I would have done? I don't know, but mm-hmm. it's also different being like a young super fucking famous woman out in the world by yourself you know she was 15 and she was famous overnight and now she's not and she's a mom and you miss a lot of that it's not her fault but she missed a lot of growing up and she missed a lot of things that normal people do because she hasn't been normal in a long time yeah and this is where I like not to blame the victim but my question is I remember thinking this about Lindsay Lohan too why don't you get out of LA why don't you leave like you know I understand that you shouldn't have to do that I understand that this is where you want to live but like for the safety of your kids and for your own mental health can't you move to montana and fly in when you have to work no no Why? like because i think because she was she was still doing so much stuff she was still so busy and i think everyone was telling her she couldn't go everyone was saying, you have to be here you have to record you have to do this this award show this thing this appearance it's all in la so i'm sure she felt like if she it'll all go away if you leave well and that's the thing like this interview with matt lauer ends with him saying what do you think it'll take to get the paparazzi to leave you alone um i don't know i don't know is that one of your biggest wishes Yeah. She like bursts into tears. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because yeah. she wants it so bad. Yes. And like I this is not a this is not a comment on her physical appearance, but she looks a wreck in this interview. She looks like she's not sleeping. She looks like she's not I mean, and she's a new mom, so like all of that tracks, but like the amount of stress and pressure this woman was under, it's coming out in everything in her, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, we learn that she gives birth to her two kids kind of back to back. Like she has one yeah. of them and then she waits I don't know the minimum you're supposed to wait a couple months I think right before you have a second kid or whatever she waited uh, yeah, that I don't know yeah I've no, girl, what do I know I know nothing <laughs> 
but right after she gives birth to her second child, she has two little babies. Brittany and Kevin file for divorce, and she files for sole custody, and Kevin files for sole custody. So she's yeah. not having a great time. No. And like, can you imagine like the world outside is hard fucking enough? Like, this is why celebrities never leave their palatial mansions in Malibu or whatever. Right. And then we're like, oh, they're so sheltered, and we're like, well, they can't walk out of their house. Like, yeah. Like, what are we supposed to do? But then you go home, and like your man or your spouse at home is also just a fucking dirtbag. Like, know. you know, Kevin slouching on the Ellen Show when they're there to announce their baby is all I need to see to know everything I need to know about this guy. <laughs> right, right. I really don't like slouching, Jillian. I really don't like it. Okay, all right, all right. Shoulders back. <laughs> Shut up. I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> So you guys, that's where we're going to end episode one. Um, I will tell you, we did not go into this intending nope. to make a two-parter. We we looked at each other over the Zoom and said, are we making a two-parter right now? And we both said, yeah, and that's what's happening. So we we have so much more to go. We're not going to we're not gonna rush through it. This deserves the conversation that, we, that we're going to give it. You know what we're going to do, you guys? We're going to hit you, baby, one more time. Ooh, banana. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, you guys, you can get part two of our coverage of this documentary right now uh, at the $5 level, ad-free on Patreon. It is the stunning conclusion, girl. Part two is where it all goes down. It's where the head shaving happens and Aww. the conservatorship happens. It's a lot. It's a lot. You're going to want to hear it. We love you, Brittany. Yeah, go get it right now. Free, Brittany. Go listen. Um, You guys, if you want more Jillian and me, join us on the Patreon. You can get over 160 full bonus episodes. Download a midget right this second. Right now, we're doing um the Night Stalker from Netflix, the whole Richard Ramirez thing. Oh, my God. God. And then we're doing Heaven's Gate. But let's go back in time. What we have okay. done is The Vow, uh, Don't F With Cats, Tiger King, Making a Murderer, The Jinx, The Staircase. Lorena. Lorena. We did um, we did Serial Season 1, All Be Gone in the Dark, The Menendez Murders. Every long-form series mm-hmm. you wanted us to ever do, it's there on the Patreon. You can also get ad-free versions of these episodes, After Parties, Ringtones. Sometimes yeah. we send you some stuff. It's crazy bananas, girl. Yeah, we're giving advice sometimes. We're, we're making videos for you. We're yes. just, it's a party. Hey, well, we got their ears. Tell them where they can find us. Oh, okay, great. You can go to truecrimeobsessed.com. That's our website. We have a calendar of what we're doing next. That's where you get merch and the promo codes. We are True Crime Obsessed Podcast on Instagram. That's where we do our Ladies Who Lunch Tuesday at noon Eastern time. Yes. I am at Jillian with a G on all the things. That's Twitter and Instagram are all the things, apparently. <laughs> uh, you are Patrick Hines underscore on Insta and at Patrick Hines on Twitter. <gasps> I did it. You are so good, girl. You basically did that in one breath. That felt that felt like one breath. Did it hear? Did it seem? <laughs> like one breath to you it felt like okay um you guys we love you and we will see you next week yeah a little surprise two-parter okay i I can get into this i like it bye in this whole like boy band britney christina mandy moore like that whole scene that was very new york even though so many so much of their lives took place in la do you know how thrilled mandy moore was just would like to be name checked with Britney I'm and Christine. <laughs> I love that song. I love Mandy Moore. Star Search used to have an acting category. Do you remember this? I don't. It did not last long. Stop it did. It. It did. <laughs> That's insanity. Can you imagine American Idol is like singing but also acting scenes from like last no. week's Blossom? No, Justin Guarini, <laughs> you really lucked out. Oh, are we gonna get in trouble? Like when John Lennon said the Beatles are bigger than Jesus, you just call me Jesus. I wouldn't. I don't feel comfortable with that. And one of them is with us. I don't know what they told him he was sitting down for, why he agreed to do this and talk so openly. His name is Daniel Ramos. He calls himself a celebrity videographer. Bitch, you're a paparazzo. I was just listening to an episode of The Office Ladies, and Jenna, whatever her name is, who played Pam, Fisher. was telling this story about how she went to a Michaels one day to get like crafting stuff, and the manager freaked out. Because he's like, all right, this is getting weird. Earlier this morning, Oscar came in and bought oh crafting God. shit, and then, and then Steve Carell came in and bought crafting stuff, and then Pam walks through the door and buys crafting stuff. They were probably <laughs> filming right near there or something. Like, it must right. be on all, all of their way home. <laughs> I'm like, any retail job in LA would be amazing. 